All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, so the title of our discussion this morning is called Love Knows no, Knows no Borders, and it's our story that we're basically sharing of, of successes and fails in our own story of trying to get to know one another um, across racial differences, cultural differences, international borders, and we were looking forward to sharing that with you guys. And um, the way that we want to structure this uh, this morning is we want your engagement. Ask us questions. Ask us, well, how did you deal with that? How did you address that? Or what was that like? So please um, engage, ask us questions, and uh, mm -mm. let's have a great discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, so before we get into that, we'll just cover the goals of the class, which are, of course, to love first is um, the title of Don McLaughlin's group. That's what we're here to do love each other first, um, listen and learn, um, and listen to understand, not to reply. And just as I stated before, please ask questions, have grace with one another, and last but definitely not the least, we're here to praise God in everything that we do. So uh, the scripture reading this morning will come from Ecclesiastics 4.12. Uh, could I get somebody to read that for us this morning? <coughs> <laughs> Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Okay. Okay, with this we are saying that if we want to merge two cultures or make it interact, it's like we need God. We need His guidance. We need His mercy. We need His uh, love so that we can make it work. Even if it is a love relationship, a friendship relationship, whatever kind of relationship, a working relationship, we need that kind of like grace and mercy and love from God to make it work. So. The question of the day is, can love transcend cultural differences? What do you think? <laughs> so this is the very first photo that we have together, and it was our second date. It was our second date. It was our second date, and we were not sure what we were doing, especially, <laughs> <laughs> especially living like miles away and living in different cultures and having different backgrounds and contexts, and we didn't know what was going to happen after that. Dinner. After that date, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to be talking and having different things that we're going to be sharing about uh, how the story of merging two cultures happened in our experience. So okay. you're going to start. So I'll start. So um, Brenda and I first met each other at a um, company we both used to work for, a wonderful company that we still donate to called Compassion International. And um, at the time, I was working here at the... Um, headquarters right uh, off of Voyager Parkway, um, and that's the um, global headquarters of the organization. Um, at the time, I was working in IT, and uh, Brenda was working in one of the country offices. And ever so often, we bring in our country staff to have global meetings. It just happened so one day that, that uh, Brenda came into the office, and um, I happened to be there, right place at the right time. It was, it was the first time we had ever seen each other. And so um, I worked up the courage to start a conversation that has continued for the last seven years. 
But Tony was born and raised here in Colorado. And the funny part of his story is that he was open to find someone from a different culture to date and see if something would come up from that. I was born and raised in Guatemala. And I was, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it's like I didn't want to deal with anyone from a different culture, a different country, not even wanting to leave my country. And so for me, meeting him was like, I have a new friend. I'm going to have this work relationship with him, and that's going to be it. Yeah. No. But, <laughs> but and, and to go along with that, not only was I born and raised here in, the, in Colorado, but my family is a military family. And so we kind of, our family dynamics are a little bit different. Um, I was used to mom and dad being away from home for long stretches of time because we didn't get assigned to too many different places around the country. We were mainly based out of Colorado, but there were times where dad had to go on assignment for a month, two months away from home someplace else, like in Greenland or the eastern part of the country. And mom would have a discussion with me like, hey, at eight years old, hey, you're going to have to be the man. You're going to have to take care of your sister. You're going to have to lock up the house. You're going to feed yourself lunch and dinner um, when you get home from school. Um, these were the things that I was used to. You go to bed on your own, you got to be the guy, which was a lot different from what Brenda was used to growing up as. Yeah, in our culture, everything is about family and friends, so we are always together. We always have meals together. We always do everything together. We fight together. We cry together. We do all together. <laughs> so when we started... Uh, doing things like one of our first challenges was like he would skip meals because he was doing everything on his own so he decided when to do what I was like when are we gonna have breakfast when are we gonna have he's like why are you asking me these questions it's like well we do everything together right and he's like no you can eat whenever you want to but it's like, no, we sit together and eat. And he's like, no, you eat what you're feeling. And <laughs> if you want to sit down, that's okay. If you want to stand up, that's okay. You don't have to sit at the table to eat. It's like, uh, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I remember even one of our first uh, fights uh, when we were dating was like, I was starving. And I was like, we need to sit down to eat. And he's like, no, we don't have to eat. Like. It's food important. It's like, well, kind of like, yes, my stomach is telling me that it is important. So let's go and sit down and eat. So, so now you all sit down and eat together. We do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> after, after learning how important that was, I mean, because for me, literally, I mean, I would walk out of the house. I mean, I lived by myself for six years before meeting Brenda. And so I would literally walk out of my condo without breakfast and go get something either on the way or get something at work. And that's just how I operated. It was not important. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was a bachelor thing, but it was also how I was trained since I was young. I mean, you know, there were a lot of mornings where, you know, hey, mom and dad left uh, some Quaker oats in the cabinet. You go in there and get it, eat it, go to school. And in that sense, also, here the culture is like once you reach an age, you leave your parents' house. Even if you have, haven't gotten married, you live on your own. In my country, you leave your parents' house until you're married. Especially if you're a woman, you are not 
expected to live on your own at all because that is not right. You leave your parents' house until you go and move to live with your new family. So I was still living with my parents. I was still having all this family and, and community activities. And I found a guy that he was like, let's live our life the way we want it. <laughs> so, well, and in fact, we had help because the um, pastor of the church that you attended in Guatemala City, he had actually lived here in the United States uh, during his college years. So he kind of understood the culture. He went to Michigan State. And so he um, had lived here, had understood that when you're, when you're usually 18-ish, you usually move out and go to college or get your own place or soon after. And so one of the first things that he asked Brenda when Brenda had this discussion with her pastor about, okay, so I'm dating this guy and um, he's in the United States. And the, one of the first things he asked was, does this guy still live at home? Because in American culture, if he's still living at home and he's in his mid-twenties, something is, is amiss here. <laughs> yeah. but at, least, at least you're expected to go to work here. You can't just, you can't just sit around socializing all day with your family. No, no. In your culture. No, and what, one, of the things, one of the things that basically her, her pastor was looking for is this guy a bum. Like, is he still, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, even though we are doing everything in community, we do work and have our activities, but we make sure that those important times are lived in family, in community. Um, well, even uh, so much so community that even before you officially start dating someone in her culture, and I learned this, mm. is that you're expected to meet the parents before you start formally dating. And that actually kind of got me in a little bit of trouble because Brent, because not far after and not long after that photo that we had kind of our first date and we were meeting each other, she invited me to come to Guatemala to meet her parents. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like, well, yeah, that's a little fast. I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to commit to anything just yet. Like, we're, we're still kind of talking. I'm not ready to meet your folks. But in our country, you meet first the family, the friends, the dynamics of the family before you even decide to start dating. Like if like you like the family, if you like like even like you can become like very good friend even before all this love relationship happens. Because it's kind of like you get merged in the community because you get to get to know the friends, the family, the church if you are a a church affiliated so it's like you get to know everything around the person that you would like to date sometimes. And that's actually really smart because I mean you might like the individual person really well but when you get into the family dynamic it's not going to work out but if you've already been I don't know dating for six months and kind of you know in love with each other then it's a lot harder well sorry it's a lot easier to go oh well you know we'll We'll work the other stuff out when, when maybe it can't work out. So that, that seems really smart to me, but, you know, getting, getting to know the family and the community before you decide to date. Yeah. yeah Bill, we're not made to be lonely people either. It's no. That, it says, it says um, we, I think since, since, since some of whoever of us have grown, grown up in the church, we've been, we've been taught, taught, taught to have community with other people besides going out with somebody. That's right. And, and and it's not it's not it's not very smart to go to to um, 
to be alone by someone in this culture anyway. You should be meeting somewhere besides at home. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So, does it go both ways? Like, if if you were a guy, she would have to come meet your family before you dated? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah, it's... But you didn't... Tony didn't invite me to meet his parents. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, because if... I mean, here in the U.S., if I invite her to meet my parents, my parents are like, okay, this is a serious thing. And it, instead of it, oh, we're, we're just talking, we're just friends. You know, that it, it's a big deal over here. But for her, it's like, it's normal. It's like, okay, you're supposed to have all of your friends meet your, your brothers and your parents. In fact, um, before we even got married, I was kind of freaked out because her oldest brother friended me on Facebook. And he at, at, right out of the gate, he was like, hey, brother, how you doing? And I was like... Dude, you know, we're not brothers yet. <laughs> but he was saying a brother like you, my buddy, or like you, yeah. friend. It's yeah. like you're kind of interested in my sister. So, yeah, we can be a little closer. But he wasn't like, oh, you're my brother-in-law or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, just out of curiosity, though, in your culture, when, like, you would be assimilated into the whole friend group, do you break up with people? And, like... The whole word shaman. I mean, I'm just trying to understand. I, I get the, yeah, I get the idea that that would be good to know everybody, but do people in Guatemala not like date multiple people? You know what happens if it doesn't work out? Yeah, we we kind of do like it's like we just hang out with different people so that okay. we can get to know like oh I am really interested in this particular guy, but I'm letting him know my side so that he knows how I interact with others and not only with him. Okay. It's like, he knows all my dynamics, so he's not going to get any surprises when he decides to be exclusively with right. me. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, so that, I mean, it's accepted that you might bring home, like, you know, Tony for a couple of weeks, and that, you know, he's not really feeling it, so... You know, he just goes along his, you know, not yes. Tony, but yes, another guy. Yeah. Even, even your parents are like, so, are you going out with the, yeah, it's like, oh, I like that guy. But, you know, I don't like that other guy that you went out with. Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, a, everyone is kind of like a, a contributing to make a decision. And I have to admit that this, all, that, that, that this almost messed us up. This almost sunk us because... After our initial date, we went on a few dates in October of 2011, and um, things went well. And then right after that, she invited me to come to Guatemala, and I was like, yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> and then um, Brenda actually called one of her friends, and she was like, can you believe this guy? He's not willing to come meet my parents. <laughs> and so, like, at that point, I'm pretty much sunk. Like, you get the friends involved. They're like, yeah, this guy, you know, he, he's an idiot. You know, he, he he's not willing to meet my parents. Does he not want to date me? Yeah, he doesn't want to date me. It's like, yeah, forget this guy. Yeah, but also friends contributed for me to give him a second chance because the husband of this friend, uh, he told her when, when she came and told him, like, oh, this guy is not wanting to come get to know Guatemala and her family and her friends. Then he said, well, he's interested in her. Not the country or the, her family or her friends. So tell her to give him a second chance. And so it was also friends contribute oh, okay. in a yeah. relationship yeah. to happen or to 
stop there because they could see different things that the person that is falling in love doesn't see because it's kind of blinded yeah. by this emotion, <laughs> right? <laughs> so did she? Did you try to explain to Tony? Uh, you know, that this was cultural and not, uh, you know, I'm wanting to get married next week. Yeah. And you were buying it. Yeah, after, after the, uh, my friend told me that, we kind of went oh, ahead okay. and yes. have a conversation like, why you don't want to come here? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, he, met, he might be dating someone else. And that's why he doesn't want to come back. <laughs> so we had to talk, and it's like, are you dating someone else? And he's like, no, not at all. But then he said, like, I cannot go there yet. Yeah. And so we talk about this. And then your other friend, too, I think he had gone to college here in the States, too. So he was kind of acclimated to our American culture. He was saying, like, look, it's more of an American thing more than just him not being interested. So actually... Um, after she had gone back to Guatemala after our few, first few dates in October, we were trying to figure out, okay, how can we make this work in a way that's going to be beneficial to all of us? And so what we decided to do was actually meet on neutral ground or neutral turf in football terms. So she had a friend that was living in Miami that would host us, that was willing to host us. So we both had a long weekend together in Miami. Um, and it was after that that we decided, okay, we're, 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 we're for real we're, we're going to uh, figure out a way to make this work. Yeah, but by that time, I have talked to everyone that I knew. <laughs> and I was like, this is a foreign person. How am I going to work that out? Like, I don't speak his language perfectly. Yeah. I don't know his culture. I don't know. Like, if I, we develop this relationship to a point that we're going to decide, I'm going to have to leave my country because I don't think he would like to come and live here. <laughs> it's like, besides opportunities, like work opportunities and all that, they were better here than there because he doesn't speak Spanish. So I wasn't going to force him to go live there with me, not knowing the language. So, so, so were you living in Guatemala? So working yes. for compassion? Yes. Okay, yeah. so you were just up here occasionally and that's yeah. when you all happened to me. Yeah. All right, I was confused about that. I thought you were living in Colorado no, Springs. No, I, I moved to this country three days before our wedding. <laughs> yeah. Our second wedding. Well, ceremony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did this first conflict, you know, misunderstanding, um, did that inform, did you start to notice, like, we both have assumptions that we didn't even realize mm -hmm. we had, and did that help you later to say, like, are we butting heads about something that's actually just a cultural difference and not the two blow bucks? It did, but it didn't. It did, but it still didn't prevent this. I mean, this is still happening even today. But <laughs> did it? Well, this is sacred parking lot. Everything is fine. Every question for you. Well, he was. Well, he was. Okay. Um, Tony. So you don't speak Spanish. I I speak Paquito. Paquito, I can speak. I can hold a first grade level conversation with my in laws. So you're, you're learning I'm about trying. Culture and all that, and she's doing the same with mm -hmm. you. So that's what I was doing with the daughter, Kwanzaa. Mm -hmm. Big example. Mm -hmm. more about that. So. Yeah. And but speaking of friends, I was threatened by her friends that if I ever did anything to her, they would come after me. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 Tony, were you expected to be a part of a um, 
like a life group, or did she say, I'll go, I can go by myself, I don't expect you to come with me? <laughs> well, at the time, that's a great question. At the time, I was part of a life group, the singles life group here at Eastside. But, but then she expected you to come, she expected that she'd be invited. Yes, and, and, we did, and actually when she would come to visit, we would include her in those meetings. And in the line of assumptions and, uh, you know, like, I never lived here. I maybe came here for visit, like, short visits, like a week or something. I visited my family in California for, like, two months or so, but I was still living with Hispanics or Latinos. So I didn't know much about the culture. And much of what I learned from Americans was through movies. So I have plenty of stories of things that I had as assumptions. And the first time I came here to actually meet his family and have some more time on this side of the world, he told me like, oh, we're going to go to my church. So because he is an African-American, I was imagining that I, w I was actually going to a church, <laughs> that I was going to see like this choir dressed in robes and having everyone say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> and to my surprise, it was completely opposite. Like <laughs> nothing. So those are the things like, when we interact or we want to share, it's like many things that we learn, maybe not the real thing. And yeah, like also another thing about like learning from movies is you learn that African-Americans are very good with their dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> so her, her, and then there's Tony. And then, so her, so so her, my, my brothers, my brothers were like, you're so lucky, Brenda. You're going to be dancing all the time. <laughs> Except for those in IT. Except for those in IT, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many things that I have learned through the movies, there are no going on. Like, yeah. Those are not the common thing or general thing. That and, we are supposed to live here. And then even on my side, so there's always this assumption that Latinos like spicy food. So we had a meeting, which she had come here to visit, and we met together with some friends, and I brought some food, and it was spicy. And I was thinking, like, yeah, this, this will be fine. And Brenda tasted it, and she was like, no, this is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also on that part, like, you know, that we always put the spicy or hot sauces separate so that you can put the heat that you want in the food. So when we got married, that's what I was doing, preparing my food without the spice in it. And every time I was asking him, like, so do you like the food? And he was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but it was because he was missing that spiciness because he also liked that heat in his food, but I was not putting it in it, and <laughs> so, you know, like we were talking, like we have all these important meals, like as family, everything is important, like the meal time is a big deal for us, so he, n not liking my food, was like, hey, I'm failing as a woman here, so, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like the things, like, I am dealing with this cultural thing, like, I need to prepare food for my family. But he's not like really appreciating it. And it wasn't like he wasn't appreciating it. It was like 
for him, it wasn't a big deal. For me, it was. So we had some struggles there, like making sure that the family meals were a thing in our home. Mm-hmm. And even for Carolyn now, it's a thing. Like we all sit down. Even if we finish our food, we sit down and talk and have conversations, even if there's no more food in our plates. And we don't rush the time. Like we have to sit down and make a relationship then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just made gas station hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then another thing is the language um, mm-hmm. barrier. Uh, of course, we speak literally. We speak. I mean, as men and women, we speak two different languages anyway. But literally, we speak two different languages. And, and so, one of the things that Brenda told me, as she said, my language is a part of who I am. And so, at that point, I felt the need. I have to learn. And even though I still struggle with it, I'd make an effort to talk to her in her language. Um, and even if it's saying like, hola mi amor, te amo, which means, hello, my love, I love you. Even if it's something like that, she can understand that it's me making an effort to try to love her. And talking about loving, in Guatemala or in Spanish, we have different like levels of love and we have different words for each level of love. And I remember, like, when we started, like, we officially said uh, we're going to make it formal. We're going to date. We're going to work towards a marriage thing. And I just told him, I love you. Because for me, it was like, yes, I have this appreciation. You're different from the other guys I know. And he was like, whoa, not yet. Like, you, no, not yet. I was like... Well, let me explain you like how I don't find another word to tell you that I have this feeling for you. And he's like, well, it's kind of like just don't say it yet. So I was like, I'm gonna say. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna say it in Spanish then because you're not like letting me express my emotions and feelings towards you. So that's one of the first words we started like teaching him in Spanish, like te quiero. It's te like quiero. a friendly, like, different, it's just not like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so that was, it. that was um, the language part, yeah, he was like, no, that's a big word, like, don't say yet, (laughs) (laughs) well, it's like, I'm not all the way, all the way there yet either, I'm just trying to find a word to tell you what I'm feeling for you. Was this before or after? That was before. I think that was before, Uh yeah. Yeah, it was before, yeah. No idea no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, other examples of language. So, the story of. Who, who, who asked, asked, who asked the, when they're about to get married? Did, I mean, like, how was y'all's engagement? Oh, we're going to well, get Well, we'll yet. get into that. So, <laughs> another language thing is um, that I didn't understand <clears throat> at first is in Guatemala and in her culture, people that have darker skin. They call them negro. And it doesn't mean anything. It just means that you're dark. And so when I first heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? Yes, because even my father, he was darker, like almost his tone yeah. skin. And he was a negrito. We call him the negrito. Everyone is negro. My mom would call him negro. And so she was like, you better don't say yeah. anything like that close to my parents. I was like, why not? It's like. It's a loving way of calling someone. He's like, no, not <laughs> no, here. No, not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, who does this? Uh, like a term when they're 
talking? Like instead of saying, hey, honey? It's like, a, uh, it's like a nickname. It's like Negrito. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like my father was a Negrito in the family. And one of my brothers is very similar to his tone. And he's the Negrito, too. So they would just say that. Say, yeah. Hey, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like say, or, or like Blondie or yeah. Right. Yeah. Buena or, or, or uh, Pancito, even Fatty. Yeah. And that's a yeah. term of endearment. You know, yeah. And here we fat. You're calling me fat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And those were just some interesting things. And I was like a little concerned. I was like, so Brenda, if my we were talking about that in the lead up to the wedding, I was like, Brenda, don't say that. And then I even had that conversation with my parents. Like, you may hear that. That's not, you know, it's not like it, you know, it's not derogatory. And I had to talk to my family and say, like, please try not to say the word while he and his family are here. So we had like to also share this information with our sure. relatives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then basically. So do your um, do your parents have a relationship? Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, it's very limited in what sure. they say because my parents don't understand much Spanish, and her mom doesn't understand much um, English. But they have met and they did talk at the wedding at least, and they do talk back and forth over Skype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. So there was an incident like that we had after we got married about uh, involving food. And it was because I did not understand what she was saying because she has, uh, Brenda carries an accent. And so she, (laughs) you can see where this is already going, but she had baked this meat and it was meatloaf. And so she called it baked meat. And I was like, what baked meat? It means the meat hasn't been baked yet, or what? I was like, "Is this raw meat?" And well, so, and to help you understand that, it's like when you're studying English, they said like when you have the ed termination in a word, it sounds like eat, like baked. Oh. I don't know. It's a hard pronunciation for us Hispanic people. So I say baked meat, baked. But it's, for me, it's like baked. Yeah, it's kind of like the tricky pronunciation for me. So, continue. Yeah, so I was sitting there before she served it, and I was like, what is this going to be like? I was like, I have no idea what this is going to end up like. Yeah, but he didn't say anything. Yeah. He nicely ate his food, and he was like, we had a regular dinner time. And then at the end, he was like, I was worried that the food wasn't going to be done when you serve it. It's like, why not? He said, because you told me that I needed to bake the meat. It's like, I didn't say that. It's like, so, yeah, now that is one of the stories we share, like, when we want to say, like, what are the challenges of being married in interracial in marriage? It's like, yeah, you don't understand each other. Uh, very well (laughs) and not just because we're a woman and man but it's just like this language thing many things he tries to be funny with me and it's like I have like what did you say and he repeats it and he's like no what I don't understand what you're saying he's like oh yeah I'm sorry it doesn't make sense to you and so we have many of those moments when he tries to be funny and say a joke and it doesn't really make sense to me at all. Or sometimes I try to say some, of, bring some of the phrases that we would say in Spanish and translate it into English. He's like, "What?" And like, "Oh, this," and I'm laughing. And he's like, "I don't know what you're trying to tell me." Yeah. <laughs>
when you're talking about language, which do you speak at home with your daughter, or do you speak both? We speak both. We speak both. I try to talk to her only in Spanish, so that she has that okay. education, and he tries to do limited Spanish, but I'm encouraging him just to talk to her in English, because of his broken Spanish. She's learning broken Spanish. <laughs> because I will say something in Spanish and then I'll hear this voice in the background, you didn't say that right. <laughs> no, actually, he has some words that he hasn't managed to pronounce like I did at the beginning and I still do. <clears throat> and then one time, Karen was saying something to me that sounded just like him. I said, no. <laughs> that is not how you say it. So, yeah. And everyone is encouraging us so that she doesn't have accent either in English or Spanish. That she, he talks to her in English and I talk to her in Spanish and there's no accents involved. And I think that one of the most rewarding um, things about being a dad of a child that can do this is I can read to her at night in English and then Brenda comes in the room and then they have this conversation in Spanish and I'm like, wow, she just... Totally flipped. Yeah. So traditions. Um, one of the things, <laughs> uh, uh, traditions that um, I learned about Brenda is Christmas is very important to her family. For us, uh, my family grew up very conservative Church of Christ. Um, there was a stretch of time where we didn't celebrate Christmas. We didn't really even talk about it. So I'm coming out of that. And so putting even when we put up our first Christmas tree, that was kind of a big deal for me because I was like, you know, Brenda, I haven't done this in years just because of where our family is coming out of. And even my mom and dad were at first were kind of looking at us like, so you guys are putting up a Christmas tree. I mean, it wasn't like they were really against it, but it was kind of one of those weird, awkward, like, okay, you guys are going to celebrate this holiday. And so one of the things that we did early on in our marriage was, we were kind of like, okay, these are the holidays. This is how we're going to split our holidays if we have to. Maybe we celebrate Thanksgiving with my family because Thanksgiving is a lot more, it's a bigger event in our family than Christmas is. And if we were going to spend the holidays um, with her family, we would spend Christmas with her family. And talking about traditions, uh, going back to the dating and marriage and proposal, uh, here in America, the guys uh, talk to the father before even asking the girl to get married, to have that blessing and permission. And in my country, you ask the girl first if she wants to get married to you, and then you go talk to the parents. <clears throat> so for, to my surprise, he managed uh, to talk to my father before asking me. And, in my limited Spanish. Yeah, and he, he also had a translator and interpreter in me. My brother, he speaks very well English too, and he was like, help me have this meeting with your dad because I really want to propose to your sister. And so they managed that and they kept it in secret from me. So when he came and asked me, he said like, and I have the permission of your father. I did it my way. So, <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was, uh, it, I really appreciated that. Like he, even did it his way, and he honored my father the way he knew how to do it. And when he came to actually propose me, he also honored my culture by learning 
how to ask me in Spanish. So he actually went all the way down to Guatemala to our favorite place there, and he chose a very nice spot. If you ever have been in Guatemala, there is a hill where there is a cross, and you can oversee the city. And uh, he was uh, he chose that spot because he said like he wanted to have God as a witness in the city and like like there like saying like I want all these witnesses to to show you how much I love you. And he and it was funny like the story before that is like I was driving there because he doesn't drive. That's another thing like he doesn't drive in Guatemala City because of the traffic there. But um, he was looking on. Uh, his, at my phone. At his phone, and and I was like, he doesn't have signal. He doesn't have like Wi-Fi here. I don't know why he's looking on his phone. Is at he his phone. Yes. He was actually practicing his speech. So we were there and just having this like, oh, we're dating. We're having this fun date here, and suddenly he says like, Brenda, open this bag, and he he made me open the camera case and he was recording it in somewhere like I don't know it was crazy but then he popped up the question in Spanish so he tried to go beyond of what he was comfortable with so that he can bring this other culture into his life and that was so neat mm -hmm. so, question for you yeah so you got the brother to translate your questions to her dad Yes. Did he try to talk you out of doing it that way because it was against the culture? No, actually he didn't. The only thing that he said was, um, <clears throat> he said, you have my approval. He said, anything that you do, you do it with God. Go with God. That was, his, that was her dad? Yeah, that was his response. Okay, but yeah. her, bro her brother didn't try to talk you out of going to dad first instead of asking Brenda first? Actually, no, he did not. Huh. Okay. It, yeah. It, yeah, strangely enough, yeah, he didn't do that. I think he was just happy that he was like, yeah, we're going to get her married off. <laughs> so um, the other thing, views on God. Okay, so for many of you that don't know, Brenda was not raised in the Church of Christ. Uh, Brenda attends a community church in Guatemala City. I've been in the Church of Christ since I was 12, um, my mom, my dad was raised in the uh, Church of Christ, and his parents were raised in the Church of Christ. So for me, it's generational, and it's a family tradition. For Brenda, this is all new. Um, uh, Tony, what's that? Wasn't your grandmother donated the land for? Yes, in fact, um, we have a family property in uh, northern Tennessee. Um, there's a family plot, a farm that has our name on it, that has a bunch of Brizendines buried on it from World War One, World War Two, And part of that land um, was given to a church, uh, was given to build a church so that the African-Americans in that area had a church to attend to uh, back in the 30s and 40s because at that time they couldn't go to the Springfield Church of Christ in Tennessee. And I may add also, like, it is assumed that we Latinos are mainly Catholic. So his family still believed that I was raised Catholic when I wasn't. I'm, I'm a Christian, like I, I believe in God as my, and Jesus as my only savior, and I was baptized by church and everything, but they still struggled 
by means of being raised by the Church of Christ. So we had to work this as a family too and talk to different preachers, ministers, and even trying to explain them, like I was not a Catholic. I was never raised as a Catholic. And yeah, so we are also like, like I always learn about a God that is a loving and graceful God. He was raised in a very traditional Church of Christ where God is like, making sure that you are living the life that you are supposed to live because if not you're going to hell mm -hmm. so <clears throat> that uh, bringing this loving and graceful god that i know with his very strong hand god has been like a, a learning a spiritual life that we have to develop as a family because we're we have to decide what we're going to teach our daughter and uh, what is the god that we want to introduce her to and it has been, uh, I would say, a very fulfilling journey in that side, too. Like, we're not just merging cultures. We're learning to merge this spiritual life mm -hmm. uh, as a couple in two different Yeah, ways. and even to, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, so the assumption is that most Latinas are um, Catholic. Is that a false assumption or just false for you? I mean, I'm just trying to, mm -hmm. are most... Latino communities more Catholic, or is that, or not? It depends on the country. Okay. If you go to Mexico, that is mainly a Catholic country. If you go to Chile, that's a Catholic country. But then there are other countries like Guatemala, El Salvador, in some South American countries, there is like a very 50-50% of okay. Christians like Christians and Catholic Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I figured it was like, I can't assume that all Americans are Christian, Christian but I didn't know if that was some places are mm -hmm. mostly Catholic and some Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, has, have you, uh, whether you've told Tony about it or not, have you experienced any um, prejudice against Tony from friends or family of yours? And the reason I ask that is because I know it happens. Mm -hmm. I'm from Mexico. My grandmother, wonderful woman, but she had some real prejudices. And even against just other Mexicans who were obviously mestizos. You know, they married to in with darker skinned people. We were from mm -hmm. northern Mexico, and so some of those southern Mexicans she just couldn't handle. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious, is, has there been any uh, prejudice that you've experienced uh, because Tony is so different in some ways? In my country, no. No. Okay. Friends that I had here, yes. Here? Oh. Yes. It was surprising for me because, you know, also talking about the movies and what you learn, the movies tell you that slavery is done in the past. And it was surprising to me that people here, when they learned that I was dating him, they were like, are your parents okay that he's black? And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, what is wrong with that? For me, there wasn't never an issue but people here were asking me, like, are they okay? Like, they do they know he's black? Like, yeah, they have Mexican. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're not black. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had that same question when I first brought her to me and my mom. She goes, well, does she know I'm black? And I said, I said, I told her that, but it doesn't matter to her. And she was surprised that she, my mom just accepted her and her daughters for being who they are, mm -hmm. not for the color of their skin, same as my family. Mm -hmm. But she was concerned too, so because my mom's 87 years old, 
So you assume that maybe she has some, you know, prejudices or something like that. <laughs> she lived through a lot of that time. Yeah. That's actually one of the questions that I had for you guys um, was, uh, obviously you've, you've got your, your own individual um, experiences that you've had with, you know, perhaps um, prejudices or whatever, but I, I was curious as to uh, what additional things you may have experienced as an interracial couple or how uh, being married interracially has impacted um, some of the uh, some of those experiences. Um, I can say from my well, it. I'll just start within my own family. My family never had a problem with Brenda being Latina. My family was more worried about the spiritual aspect, the Church of Christ part. Um, so we didn't, we never had any problems within our own family. I think that some of the things that we have dealt with have been in the outside. And that's really what we're yeah. yeah, we've been outside of that. So, and I've noticed that even um, we had um, a layover in Atlanta, Georgia. And this was kind of odd. And of course, Atlanta, Georgia has a very large African-American population. And we even noticed, both of us, the kinds of looks that we were getting from people that look like me, especially women, that were kind of looking at us like, who are these people? Like, are you really, you know? And Brenda, even so much to the point that Brenda even did feel uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I understand that African-Americans don't like us merging with them <laughs> like yeah yeah they 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 were actually and it is funny because it seems like the big issue is like white and blacks but also like interracial things are going here like like the asians or the asians may not like the black it's it's not just white and black thing mm-hmm. it's just like how you have been raised where are you where have you been raised and um it was it was interesting like uh, yeah, this looks from African American women. It's like you are still one of our guys, and I was making fun with him. Like I said, like well, if they don't like me, that's fine because I got one of the best ones. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's why because they see him that he's a nice guy. And well, yes, I was lucky and blessed by God that he chose me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, in kind of closing, because we're kind of going over time, um, how did we make it work? I mean, with all these differences—language, cultural, church—how um, did we make it first? And the—I mean—the over the you know the theme that we had is God first in our lives. Um, God had to come before everything. Um, there was a lot of prayer. Um, there was a lot of help from friends and family um, that spoke into our lives, that um, even helped us work out different situations that we that we were struggling with early on that spoke into that. And of course, we listened to learn. Mm-hmm. We have had, like, I don't know how many minutes and hours of conversation so that we can understand each other. Even when we, like, every marriage, is, every marriage has struggles and fights and misunderstandings for us we have to work beyond that anger that we may have in that moment and try to understand culturally too like if there's something cultural that is making us have that discussion or disagreement because we he for him he might be like a very big deal and for me it's like why is he care about this like what 
like for example, we have a kitchen rag story. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to try to be very quick in this. Like, I like the kitchen clothes to be nice and dry and not smelly at all. He has this custom of folding them once he has used them. So they get the smell and I'm like, this is done. Like, no, 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 thank you, no. And so there was a point like I was like really like, I couldn't handle it more that I was just like, you know what? This is it. Like no more kitchen clothes in the, in the house. And yeah, so things like that, we have to really understand culturally what is going on because it's like we came from different backgrounds in culture and we just have to talk and talk and listen to learn. If we don't listen, we may never come out of a disagreement. And I think that that goes along with the bigger national discussion about um, relations within um, uh, ra you know, racial divides and cultural divides. It's um, listen and give grace. So our call to action for this week is connect with someone you don't know and try to listen to their story. What's and the best way to do that? <laughs> Like, well, well, how did you listen to Tony? You'd be from, from a different place. Yeah, well, you sit and talk. You sit and talk, and yeah. you just have to have the heart for it. Yeah, okay. so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. Like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs every Sunday at 10:40 a.m. as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.